The Speaking of Cults podcast is presented solely for general informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from it is at the user's own risk. The views, information, or opinions expressed by the host and guests are solely those of the individuals involved and do not constitute medical or other professional advice. Hello and welcome to Speaking of Cults, the cult podcast that you didn't even know you needed in your life as badly as you do. Well, <laughs> thanks for your viewership and for coming along and listening to us today. And we're going to get right into it. And as you can see, I am joined this week by Cass Folletti. And she goes by the um, moniker Theta Novus. You might have seen her around on um, some other channels, doing some interviews, talking about her experiences with the Church of Scientology, and specifically in Australia, in uh, Sydney, Brisbane, in this, you know, in in that region. I'm geographically challenged when it comes to Australia, but I, I know some things. So anyway, Cass, first off, welcome to my podcast. Welcome to my show. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been looking forward to this for a few weeks now. So first off, why don't we go ahead and start by telling everybody kind of who you are um, and what your connection is with Scientology specifically? Um, okay, so basically, um, I live in Brisbane. Um, I pretty much joined Scientology back in 2021. Okay. Um, so about a year before, though, um, a year before I actually joined Scientology, so in about August 2020, um, I was dealing with a lot of mental health issues. Um, I grew up in a very controlling type household um, where my dad and my stepmother would be basically very controlling of my life. You know, I couldn't go out anywhere. I couldn't go see friends. Um you know, I had to grow up pretty quickly, um, used to get screamed at by my stepmother. And I always felt like my dad had a lot of control over my life, even when I wasn't living with him. Um, so originally mm. I'm from Sydney, but I moved to uh, Brisbane about 13 years ago. Mm. Yeah. He had a lot of control over my life. At least that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. um, in August, 2020, I decided to actually go see a therapist like a psychologist um she was a music therapist um and i music saw her therapist. for yeah so it's a like um, using, using music for therapy um it's more using music as like a way of communication type of thing um oh, so like if people find it hard to sort of communicate their feelings through normal methods they sort of use music to help um with that because when i was growing up um, as a teenager, to deal with what I was going through, I would write songs, I'd write music wow. to help me cope. So that's sort of why I decided I was a bit interested in that. Um, I've always been not into medicating or like I wouldn't, I, I was against that in a sense, even before Scientology. Yeah. Um, more so just personally, um, as in like I had no issues before Scientology with people taking medication, um, you know, for their so uh, mental illness and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, my views changed, though, when I got into Scientology with that. Um, but, yeah, I had no issue with other people at that point in time. It was just personally just, I would just rather just yourself. not, yeah, unless it was absolutely required. Sure. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I saw. I, yeah. I know exactly how. Yeah, 
totally get yeah. that. <laughs> was it a distrust of medications for you personally, or was what what was the idea as to why you thought, mm, nah, I don't want to go in that direction? I think it was more just I wanted to feel like me, not like as in I still wanted to be me. I didn't want sort of that influence of medication, at least that's sort of my thinking of it. That could oh, that's, be no, completely, that's interesting. yeah. Yeah, it was, I think, more along those kind of lines rather than, um, yeah, it was just I wanted to still feel like me. So, mm. Had you had experience with other people who had had maybe bad experiences with psychotropics or where did, that, that, where did that idea come from? Not that I'm aware of. I, I honestly have no idea. Oh, wow. Okay. No problem. I was, I, was, I just got yeah. curious for a second about that. That's yeah. I'm not, I'm not at all criticizing you for the point of view. Everybody can have autonomy over how, what kind of medications they want. I was just curious where that was coming from. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Okay. I'd be fascinated to know as well. I'm not, I'm not really sure. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. So, okay. So you were, so you were pursuing some help, you were getting some help and you decided to go in the direction of music therapy. Yeah. And, uh, and that lined up with your, you know, your sort of personality and ideas about songs and music and stuff, which I could totally get on board with. Uh, yeah. I wrote a whole book of songs while I was on the RPF <laughs> and I don't have a musical bone in my body, man. Like these are not good songs, <laughs> but they, songs, they, they came, you know, I, I needed a creative outlet and, and I managed to sneak it in literally while I was walking between buildings and stuff like that. I would be writing and formulating in my head lyrics to songs all day long that there was there was like a three or four month period where that was a real thing for me so oh. i guess I, I can i can relate on that level at least yeah. so um, okay so you're getting therapy yeah. now how old were you when this was happening um so that that was when i was getting therapy i was 31 no wait 30 sorry not 31 that was 30 um okay. Yeah. So it had been, and then, um, while I was getting therapy, um, I ended up actually just cutting off all my connections with my dad, my stepmother. Um, I haven't spoken to my mother in over 20 odd years. So I'm 33 now. Um, I haven't spoken to her since I was like 11. Um, so oh. I don't really have, um, my grandmother who on my dad's side, who I was close with, um, she passed away in 2009. So I, that she was pretty much my closest family that I had. Um, so pretty much I have no other family. My cousins on my dad's side, I have never like barely even met. So sure. yeah, I okay. pretty much, yeah. Can I ask what happened with your with your family? Just again, curious, what, did your mom leave or what, what happened? Um, so my parents got divorced when I was like nine. Um, ah. Then my stepmother, uh, sorry, my soon-to-be stepfather was pretty... Um, somewhat uh, verbally abusive and like grabbed my brother as well at one point um a couple of years later um that my mom was yeah she was dating him and then they ended up getting married later on but um before that happened uh, my dad also got remarried as well um and yeah basically there was a really bad incident that happened in 2001 um that was when I was 11 um and whereby like the police came um oh, and wow. then they took our mobiles off us to stop us from communicating um i don't exactly it was sort of i don't exactly remember what happened that night um just that my mother wanted us to stop communicating with our dad and so the police came and then the police took our mobiles off us and then my dad and my stepmother drove because they were living in canberra at the time they drove to sydney to come pick 
pick us up from school, me and my brother, who's he's a couple of years older than me. Um, and basically, yeah, they came, picked us up from school and then took us back to Canberra to go live with them. We never went back to um, live with my mother. Um, basically, then my dad ended up getting full custody eventually of us. Um, but then we kept moving around Australia. My mum kept tracking us down wherever we went. Pretty sure I've been followed by a PI who knows how many times, but I didn't really know at the time. It wasn't until many years later that I wow. sort of figured that out. Um, what an unusual circumstance. Your mom <laughs> chasing you around Australia, trying to find you and keep you away from your biological dad? yeah it's a weird kind of like I don't know oh. whether or not she was doing it to get us so then she would get paid child support because before that she was getting paid child support oh yeah it's okay. a whole big oh uh, it's a whole big kind of messy of, sorted family yeah. drama kind of thing okay I get it I get it so okay yeah. fair enough well again it just kind of backstory to you and how you are you know and who you are so um so broken home kind of not so great family Somewhat, situation, yeah. I guess, yeah? And then, yeah, well, when I went to live with my dad and my stepmother, my stepmother would always pick on me for a lot of different things, like, that she viewed that I would do wrong, and she would some yes, basically yell and scream at me, sometimes throw things at me. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, my dad would have to sometimes restrain her. Like, it felt like I was always getting in trouble for, like, something or another. Like, one time I remember I got in trouble for apparently giving her the evil eye when I was like tired and just looking at her. So that kind of, I got yelled at for that. And then ever since that point, I found it very, very difficult to look people in the eye. I would oh. look them in the mouth rather than in the eye because I was afraid I was giving them like a bad look. And that sort of really affected me. It wasn't until oh. sort of I went to therapy and stuff that I sort of started realizing these things mm. that had happened to me. And then, yeah. Sure. And then my, yeah. my, Basically, the last straw with my dad was basically when he decided after my first therapy session, he gave me a call at work and was like, um, you know, oh, you're at work now. That's fine. Like, um, I'll give you a call at another time. We can discuss what was what was basically said in therapy. So he wanted to talk about what I was talking about in therapy. And I thought that was a massive, um, you know, control thing. And, sure. you know, I just, why not have like, yeah, just kind of really rubbed me the wrong way like you know I can't even talk into a therapist without him wanting to know what was said right okay I get right. that I get that so not exactly a supporting relationship no okay at least as yeah. far as you're concerned and yeah. and you've given good reasons why so it makes sense <laughs> I mean he was he was pretty overprotective he has done some good things but then yeah it was sort of like he, I just, I just found like he didn't want to change or admit anything that he's sort of done wrong. So I, I didn't see him, you know, if he had changed or, you know, made some effort to sort of change, then, you know, I would open mm. back uh, that back up again. But yeah, until yeah, he sort that. of does yeah. that, it's a bit hard to, you know. Yeah, some people get a little set in their ways, don't they? Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. Well, okay. So this being your backstory, then I can see how there could be seeds of something Scientology would want to do something with. What, how, what was it about? Well, first off, how how'd you get wrangled into that? Yep. So uh, basically, after six months, 
or six months, four months. I don't know. Basically, by December of uh, 2020, um, my music therapist moved to, um, I think she started her own like clinic, but I couldn't go see her. Like she had to go visit people. I was too far away and stuff. So I ended up stop, um, stopping all therapy. Um, and then, um, for a few months I was struggling quite badly with my mental health. Um, like not to the point of self-harm or anything like that. Just, I was just having a lot of trouble with that at the same time. Um, I was not happy in my job. Um, I'd been in that job for about 10 years or just over 10 years. I decided to quit my job in January 20, 2021. And then in about April, I started looking at just random self-help groups, um, you know, from Raelianism to other crazy, I don't know, <laughs> other random sort of things. The whole um, spectrum of pseudo-scientific, <laughs> pseudo-whatever-garbage-nonsense stuff out yeah. there. Uh, the whole, and the then, whole range of it. Crystal, and then, yeah. <laughs> quantum theory. <laughs> and uh -huh. so, yeah, I was looking into all these different things. I mean, I'd right. heard of Scientology from, I don't know, probably 13, 14 years earlier at least, if not, you know, longer, from South Park. And I saw a, it was like a documentary, an Australian one, um, I think I've seen it again since I've left, but um, they were talking about like the Sea Org and the ship and that's pretty much all I sort of remembered in these people like working all these ridiculous hours is sort of what I knew about it, but I didn't really, you know, I'd heard of Xenu and stuff like that, but right. I didn't really know much about Scientology. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't right. know that much. Um, no, I don't think people watch South Park and then take it as a, as a, uh, you know, let's commit this to memory. We're going to get tested on this. They just kind of, wow, psychology, <laughs> that's some whack stuff. Okay, well, moving right along and proceed to, you know, not necessarily remember a whole lot, maybe Xenu, maybe personality tests or something. It yeah. sort of takes repetition to kind of get across to people that it's not just kooky or kind of this weird sci-fi thing. It's actually dangerous. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, so I then started um, a new job with the same company, but I was, instead of being in like a manager, like a manager position um, with a lot of stress, I was just um, doing security. Um, and then I was doing shift work and night, night shifts, which I had not done before. So I was not used to that. So I was also very, very, I ended up getting very, very sleep deprived and only sleeping like an hour or two a night or a day um, for like weeks. Oh, so, that's really bad. <laughs> at the same time, I was like, yeah. And then I was actually reading a book called Terror, Love and Brainwashing by, I don't know who it was by. I can't remember. Alexandra Stain. I've had her on my podcast. She's oh, awesome. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So it's actually, I got, I was reading some of that book. I didn't get that far into it, but okay. I think that also sparked my curiosity um, of a mix of like between all of that, me struggling with my mental health. And then I thought it was a great idea to go on and do a personality test online. So, sure. so come to June. So June, um, it was like June, 2021 was when I did my personality test online. Okay. Um, I did get like a phone call from my local org, um, after that, but I ignored them. Um, oh, you I did. Was, so, did, yeah, did, I was you, a bit. Did they, okay. Actually, hang on a second. Did they give you the personality test results online? Um, they did 
but it doesn't really explain them. Like it doesn't have like what the actual things are along the bottom. It just right. gives you like A, B, C, D. So it so doesn't really graph, sort of, but, yeah. But that's it. It, you don't, no it, explanation it, for it. Yeah, it's not really like an explanation. So right. yeah, they call me. I also got some emails from Bridge, so Bridge Publications. From Bridge? Yeah. Uh, the personality test, okay. Okay. Yeah. So when I think I didn't answer, I'm not really sure how they got in contact with me, but then they were like, oh, here's like a free Dianetics thing. And I was like, I can't download it. So I emailed them back. So I was like, I can't download this. And then that's sort of how they were like, because they had kept just sending me generic emails going, you've got your personality test, like give us like a, we can, you do like a consultation. Mm -hmm. Um, and all that kind of stuff. But then, mm -hmm. yeah, once I emailed them back, I guess they figured I'm a real person. So they were then <laughs> determined. They then, Bridge was like calling me a bit and then um, not too much, but they would call me every so often. And then they started messaging me on WhatsApp. And then I'm like fairly introverted type of person. And, you know, so I preferred texting and stuff like that. So I was messaging them back and forth, but then I was sort of not really, you know, ignoring them for a few days and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't really biting into sort of getting to that because they were trying to uh, sign me up for self-analysis um, at that point. Uh, the extension for the book course. or for to, oh, for the extension course to get yeah. you to do, they're like doing, a correspondence yep. course on the book. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't sort of. Yeah, I didn't really that. want to. Yeah, I wasn't. And then um, at one point in August uh, 2021, so not a couple months later, from texting back and forth, and then I ended up at the podiatrist's office. Um, yeah, basically I fainted because um, I hadn't eaten, um, hadn't had, didn't sleep very well, and then the guy was talking about some medical stuff, which makes me kind of queasy. So I was up sitting up on like the the, the uh, chair type thing and then he turned around for two seconds and I was like, I don't feel too well. And then I went off the, the bench, uh, off the seat thing, um, landed on my head. Um, fortunately, yeah, fortunately part of my, like my legs and stuff were still up on like the chair thing. So I think the impact wasn't as bad as what it could have been. Wow. And then I wake up because I like completely passed out. And then I'm like, what the heck happened? And then, so I ended up in hospital. Um, it only ended up being like muscular type things. So I just went to my physio. So I was very fortunate in that regard. Mm. Um, but at that point I was like, I might as well sign up for this. Cause like that's sort of when it sort of broke me and I went, mm. you know, what, what do I have to lose? And then like, I signed up for it. Okay. And, what, and then what, we're signing up yep. for the extension course. Yeah. The self-analysis yep. extension course. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Pretty harmless. It's not like they're dragging you into the building. You haven't even seen a church of Scientology yet. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, and then so this is all done online. That's interesting. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I remember them setting this stuff up and doing this. This was just not part of the operation I was particularly part of, but uh, yeah, that makes sense. And then people were texting with you at off of the reach you gave after the email. Uh, yeah, so they would be messaging me on WhatsApp and emailing me. Right, right. Um, and then basically I got introduced to, when I signed up for the extension course, to another person at Bridge. Um, so he was going to be helping me if I had any questions and stuff like that. Mm. Um, like I wasn't sure about something or needed help. 
Um, I could email him and he would basically help me. Was um, he the person administering the lessons on the extension course or was he was that no. just a random person? So he was still, he was from Bridge. So you had two people from Bridge. One one is like sort of she like signs people up for Bridge. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, um, it was I think um, Doug and Joni actually did a call with um, Mary Jane from Bridge um, not that long ago, a few months back. Mm -hmm. um, where they called that Dianetics number for the v from the VHS tape. Um, that person was the one that signed me up for the self-analysis. So okay. she's the one. But, yeah, you can kind of hear how they sort of talk and, and whatnot, but, yeah. Right, um, right. My extension course, though, was through LA Org. Through Even LA though I'm in Australia. Org. Yeah. Wow. Because okay. of, so, so they would sign you up through LA Org. Of course they would. Okay, probably easiest for them it being a Sea Org organ all, but geez. Because uh, your closest geographical location was was Brisbane? Yep. Okay, but even, how, how far away was the actual physical church from you at this point? Oh, uh, where was I living? Still a fair distance, so maybe like 40, 50 kilometers. So like it probably take about 40 minutes, 45 minutes to drive. Yeah, that's like how I used to go to Santa Barbara when I was first doing classes. I mean, that's a lot closer than LA. Yep. I'm surprised. I mean, the whole point of the extension course line and selling people extension courses is to get them in the building at the closest local opportunity, right? But that's not yep. how they always play the game because there's all this like rivalry between the organizations and because they want the money, even when it's 10 bucks. They don't think to logistically like, oh, where should I send this person? Because they live in Brisbane. Anyway, it's just kind of funny to me, the inefficiencies of this whole setup with these well, guys. Well, funnily enough, though, they don't have, um, they weren't doing the extension, like they didn't have an extension course uh, supervisor at Brisbane Org. They actually did them all through the Sydney AO because they You're just didn't kidding. have enough staff. Yeah. Oh, come so on. So they did them through, through Sydney. At Brisbane to do extension. I mean, it's not like this is a heavy traffic job. You know what I mean? They're getting lessons in that are like on a piece of paper from every person who's doing extension courses, which is what, 20 people? I mean, yep. that, that's hilarious to me. They didn't even have that. The, the closest. How many staff were at Brisbane? How, it, I mean, I know we're um, just a little bit. 15. But how, how, okay. 15. Yeah, it's yep. a little silly. They can't deal with but anyway, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Please carry, carry on here. How, how I think the, the, the DED of delivery and exchange, I think she was sort of um, doing some of the extension courses, but I don't think she was marking them at all. I think she might have been sending some of them maybe to the AO. I'm not really sure, but I know wow. she had something to do with all of that. So For sure. Yeah. Okay. Fair um, enough. So um, so you're so you sign up, you're on this extension course. And life is not exactly a bed of roses for you with the sleep problems and fainting and the medical stuff. So what 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 happened? Um, basically, well, I managed to get the the sleeping thing under control, but that was purely oh, yeah. because um, my uh, the person who had replaced me in my old job needed some help back in the the office there. So um, I ended up going and working with him for a couple of weeks. And then that was all like normal day shifts. So I was waking up at the same time. So that helped me get back into a normal rhythm. Um, um, switch jobs into a night shift job. So it, basically I was working for a security company 
Um, I was there originally when I started with that company, I was their finance assistant, so in their finance department. Then after about seven years of that, I became the finance manager. So I was in charge of all the finances, payroll, et cetera, for the company, sure. um, which was quite stressful. Um, and then I decided to quit that, but then I was still, you know, quite, you know, like they, I'm not going to say good standing because that's like technology, but like I was still like, you know, quite friendly with them and stuff like that. So I ended up working at another uh, place for them, but it wasn't, it wasn't all night shift. It was a mix of days, nights and afternoons. Um, um, okay. So, That's but I wasn't used to doing just, it overnight. Just messed up and, your whole circadian rhythm thing and and all of that. Yeah, and then I would be trying to stay awake um, during the day. Uh, sorry, stay awake all night, even on my days off. And then I was drinking Red Bull to help me stay uh, awake. But then that ends up doing the wrong thing. So it was sort of like. Now, yeah, that's now I've I've learned my lesson man. now. Yeah, no, that's that's you. You jumped right to Sea Org. Okay, so yeah, that's how, that's how, that's, I would literally power myself through days with five-hour energy drinks uh, until I actually had a moment where I thought I was going to have a heart attack, and then I was like, "Okay, I gotta stop doing this." <laughs> it yes. was, yeah, I, I get it, I get it. It messes with your body in significant ways when you do that. Yeah. Now, okay. now I don't yourself, even. Yeah. So you got yourself steadied off of that, and then okay. So how does how does this uh, how does Scientology enter the picture? Um, so after basically it took me about nine months or so to do my self-analysis extension course. Cause I was just, cause I was at university at this point at the same time. Mm. Um, so I was always putting that as a priority. Um, my university and, sure. and Scientology wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> and they would always try and push me to do my extension course lessons and, Basically, yeah, they kept pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. And eventually I finished that extension course. I think that was maybe March 2022 or it was either March or April, something like that mm, okay. uh, in 2022. Um, and then after I finished that, I did, I think, Problems of Work and then a new slant on life. And that only took me a couple of weeks each. Um, so that was a lot quicker. Then I signed on to Dianetics Modern Science of Mental Health. Um, and at the same time, oh. mm -hmm. um, they also, they've got, they had this Zoom call. So Bridge themselves didn't set up the, there's like a, had like a Facebook group and a Zoom call um, for other sort of new people that are on extension courses and are fairly new to Scientology. Um, oh, it was run really? by like, yeah. So it was run by like a public member. Um, and basically they'd go on, they'd talk about wins, they'd talk about like just different bits and pieces. Um, and yeah, it was sort of like, I don't know, felt good, I guess, to sort of go in and hear these wins and stuff like that. So, and talk sure. about this sort of stuff with other people. So I think that also started pushing me into Scientology more because I was mm. like, oh, these people are having good wins with this, you know, they're you know, improving their lives, et cetera. So yeah, that sort of helped push me in. And that's a new one. I have not heard about zoom calls from bridge with extension course students. That's a, that's a new one on me. That's interesting that they're doing. I mean, obviously makes sense, you know, makes sense. Anything they can do to, to keep people going along or encourage them in their baby steps, especially since COVID and, and I guess how many people were on the call and, 
they weren't all Australian, I'm assuming. No, most, a lot of them were American. Um, the bridge um, would call in. I know that at least a couple of people from bridge listening into the calls and they would actually, they'd be recorded and I guess sent to, to bridge to Scientology. Mm. Um, okay. There was probably between 15 to up into over 40, maybe sometimes 50 people on these calls. Most of the time it would probably sit around 20, depending okay. on the week. Um, also, they would have guest speakers come on. So they've had like uh, Joy, and I don't know how to pronounce her last name, um, Michael Chan. Um, even I don't know if Grant Cardone's ever been on one. I don't think so, but I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, but other sort of prominent Scientologists um, to come actually go and talk to people. Really? Talking to extension course students? Yes. To people that are through Bridge, yeah. So hmm. it's a really kind of odd. Well, it's odd, interesting to me. It's yeah. very interesting to me. I find that very fascinating. The and a lot of these. Usually was the chant, the yeah. chant man is usually like high level OT8 stuff, you know, so it's. Interesting. He's going all the way down to the bottom as well. I just didn't know that was happening. Yep. Hmm. So, uh, what was I going to say? So, some so of these people. Of these. Yeah, he he he's been on several times. Um, oh, but but you were to going calls. to multiples of these as well. Oh, yep. It was like it's like an every week thing. They're still doing oh. it as well. Yep. Okay. Okay. So somebody had a bright idea. Hey, how do we get extension course students more engaged? zoom calls that's yep. not a bad idea on their part that's not a bad then, idea i was on an extension yep. course it took me two years to, to get through the damn thing before i actually i never did finish it before they finally wrangled me into the org and got me signed up on services right uh, i couldn't stand those extension courses they would drive me crazy um so some of these people um actually a couple of them finished all their basic books and lectures extension courses before they had ever stepped foot in an org and under a year. Wow. So these people That's then are going into the orgs after they've been heavily indoctrinated online mm -hmm. without having to go in and deal with all the other crap that's going on in the orgs and everything. Mm -hmm. So they're not seeing all of that stuff until they're already well indoctrinated. So they yeah. go into the org and then they buy like whole clear packages just almost straight off the bat because you know, they're already sold on all, basically sold on everything. Now, that's interesting. That's very, very interesting to me. So, okay. And this was what you were suggesting or talking about when you were saying they're kind of changed up their game a bit these days as far as how they go about getting yep. people in is this kind of model. Because exactly. this is exactly yeah. what the extension courses were intended to do. And it's interesting to me because even in the hap, you know, haphazard way that they're getting them graded or supervised, this activity, just just this weekly Zoom thing, that's that's a bright idea. That that truly is a smart idea, um, yeah. because you're connected with a person, but it's not in person. So you mm -hmm. don't you get a certain degree of that. Come on, guys, keep going. You can do it. Get through it. I'm imagining there was some of that. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, lots of encouragement. Even, right. Even people were sort of uh, competitive with each other as well and going, you know, how many lessons can you get done? I think someone did like 40 or 50 lessons in a week or something. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think, I only, I, I only suspect this right now because, you know, the nature of Scientology being what it is, but did you ever find out or do you think that there were any ringers in those calls? Uh, 
What do you mean by ringers? Oh, sorry. Like somebody who was planted there, like somebody who's not really an extension course public person, but is there to kind of make like they are to, you know, to excite everybody else. I'm getting 20 lessons um, done this week kind of thing. I, I don't know. Or I don't that... think so. I no, think, I think yeah. the main, well, the main guy and his wife that sort of um, took over doing these when I had joined that group, um, yeah, he's always sort of, you know, going on about wins and stuff like that. So he sort of pumps the whole group up and his wife does as well. So I don't think they really need a ring out. Oh, so they were kind of, okay, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. I know it fund, the reason I ask is because I've seen it done, not with these hmm. extension course things, but with fundraisers. They'll have, they'll have people planted in the audience who are already agreed and have actually already paid. And then yeah. they announce it in the middle of the event, right? As though it's a spontaneous donation to Jen, you know, to, to, to kick other people into gear. This is a, this is pretty standard routine thing for fundraising that it's not just Scientology that does that. But I was wondering if, um, if they were doing that with the extension courses too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it being a front lines public thing, it's the kind of thing I could easily see them doing. I would have done it as a Scientologist. Absolutely. I would have done that. Right. Oh, I can yeah. go help all these new guys. All these little noobs get all excited about this. Sure, I'll go pretend to be a, a, a Div Sixer, you know. <laughs> Especially since it's an international phone call. It's not like you're ever going to meet me, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So um, so this is interesting. So you have people actually coming in fully indoctrinated. Now, now it's funny because we can't actually say that they are fully indoctrinated because Scientology is not just about ideas in your head. It's about a great many practices and things you do. Mm -hmm that reinforce a lot of that thinking. And so before you go to the TRs or the drills or the auditing sessions, you can get a lot of this information packed into your head through the lectures and the books. But I would, I would say you still haven't really experienced Scientology yet. Yeah. But anyway, I'm pontificating. What, what happened with you? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I think, I think they've sort of got a, um, um, I guess they believe that it's working. Like if the basic things work, then, you know, if they go in and do them, so it sort of has sort of softened them up to right. get more Scientology. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I could see if somebody walked in there having read 880.08, you know, and zero to eight and, and 880. I mean, the, the, these really hardcore basic Scientology books that have a lot of detailed electronic stuff and weird very weird ideas communicate like history, history of man if they're walking after reading exactly. that <laughs> exactly yeah you just did a video on your channel yeah by the way folks she has a channel theta novus you can look it up on youtube uh you did a little breakdown on on some of the some of the nonsense yes. history that i think all of us i think part. it's sort of a rite of passage of youtube's ex-scientologists that they have to do a video on history of man you know, we all got to talk about it because it's the most ridiculous bullshit <laughs> ever, right? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So good on you for that. So okay. So uh, so it's an interesting point, right? Okay, you get a you get people reading a bunch of books, bunch of lectures. They come in, they're already educated. This is not a lot of people, by the way, folks. There's not a lot of people actually doing this, but I imagine some uh, are getting quite excited by this thing. Yeah. Well, a lot of people actually come in through that way through Grant Cardone. Yeah. So he, he sort oh, of, yeah. So a lot of them, the majority oh. of them, when, when like they would talk about how they got in, it's the majority of them are like Grant Cardone. So somehow he's like 
getting them. I know I saw like a thing on, on Grant Cardone that linked to like a personality test on his website. Right. Um, so I don't know then if that sort of sends people directly to Scientology after that or straight to Scientology. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Before people even realize, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. So what we have there is Grant Cardone is uh yeah, Grant Cardone's a real estate guy. He's he's I mean, it's kind of gross, but he's even been on CNN and major media uh advising on on uh real estate and and rentals and things like that. He's a bit of a con man, a bit of a grifter kind of guy, but he's also one of these hype monsters who does concerts. I don't want to call them seminars because he, he's got all the show. They're like these Scientology style, you know, large group awareness training style events, right? These multi-level marketing things where you see everybody's like losing their minds and there's glitter everywhere and it's all very musical and, and pump you up and we're going to 100x your potential this year. You know, he's, he's one of these kind of guys. He's very loud, very boisterous, yeah. very short, it's very short. Oh, really? Huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've met him. I've, I supervised him on course. Yeah. It's not oh. a very tall man. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. Good old Grant Cardone, just so, so the audience kind of knows who this guy is, but he's yeah. also sounds like he's quite a player in terms of bringing in new people. So he's got some kind of effective line set up where he's signing people up for, for extension courses or getting them on that line. And the way the Scientology system works, I've, if y'all don't know, is if you're a mem member of Scientology and you get other people in, you will get a percentage of every service they sign up for as long as they keep signing up for services. As long as they're continuously on service, you're making money off of them, which is why it's in your best interest as sort of their overseer or sort of their support person. They call them field staff members or FSMs. It's in your best interest as an FSM to stay in touch with those people and encourage them and keep them going, especially when they're getting close to the end of their services, because then you get that money, that commission. So Grant Cardone's probably making some money off of all this. Possibly. I'm not sure though, because he, I don't think he directly sort of signed them up. It was more sort of through, so I don't know how much it'd if be. If they're getting... saying Grant Cardone's name out of their mouth, when, you know, who signed me up or who got me interested in that, that yeah. makes them the FSM. Was, yeah. That's all they have to do. Grant Cardone, yeah. just say Grant, just, just say my name. <laughs> he makes money. It's that yeah. it's, it's that simple. And that that group's actually doubled since I joined. So wow. they're up to around oh. 250. It was at about 125 when I joined. So oh wow. So and a whole bunch of people have left here. as well. So but yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay, cool. So it is it is somewhat successful. I mean, it's not causing a huge growth, but it's still something um oh, it's more good. than what they're getting through the body routing anyway because my my local org would never body route they'd be like uh we had a brand new we didn't even have a pez for ages or anyone in div six wow. um a, a pez then, by the way is the public public officer is the person who's over in charge of all of the new public in kind of activity uh yeah so we didn't have that so the only time people would actually get body routed into the org was when um, one of the Sea Org members from CLO um, came up and was body ratting people in who was actually pretty good at that. So otherwise they'd be like, yeah, pretty much wow. no one. Wow. Okay. That's very interesting. Um, normally speaking, 75% from my time in, what we knew was that 75% of people coming in were coming in through friends and family, right? So one in four were coming in off the street. 
And it took 20 book sales in order to get somebody to sign up for a service were the numbers that we would play with. And that was, um, and that was, those were old numbers. Like those numbers were, were pretty steady because Hubbard wrote about those numbers. One, one Scientologist for every 20 books sold was the idea. And in order to sell 20 books, um, you had to have something on the order of about two or 300 people walk in the door. Mm. Those were the kind of numbers we had when I was around analyzing this kind of stuff back, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago. So it's uh, so this is a whole new, interesting thing they're developing, sort of digital body routing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then, um, so that, that, that brings me into, so um, I was on Dianetics, Modern Science and Mental Health for quite a while. Um, but before that, so in May 2022, um, the person at Bridge, she got me in, she got me to speak to another person at Bridge. So now I'm up to three people I'm speaking to at Bridge, um, which is her her direct senior, I think. Um, and she went and sold me all my basic books, con uh, sorry, not congresses at this point, all my basic books and lectures. Um, and then about a week later, um, it was a week later. They introduced me to another person at Bridge, sorry, fourth person, who was in a different division or different, uh, sorry, different department. So they were still under like the sales and whatnot, which is apparently Division Four, although you guys call them bureaus or something in the Sea Org. Something like that, yeah. In, in management organizations, Bridge ah. has divisions. Uh, the CLL ah. has bureaus. Oh, okay. Yep. It's a, it's a, it's a meaningless differentiation. It just Hubbard, you know, like, yeah. his, like <laughs> I just remember um, the a CLO guy telling me how there's like bureaus in, and he was explaining all the different yep. sort of bureaus in, in CLO. Yep. Um, I don't remember much of it, but that's pretty much all I remember well, from what I'm, he said. Hey, I'm, I'm curious. I want to ask you what, okay. So you did three or four extension courses, which are like 20 bucks each or something, right? I, mean, really not I think it was a bit more expensive because I was doing it through the US. So, oh, okay. So, like yeah. 30 bucks, 50 bucks? Like, how much was it cost? Well, how much was it cost? Um, uh, I think it was like 40, 40 odd dollars American. So, it's probably about 60, 70. And then, if oh, I, when I was doing it through, eventually, after I finished Dianetics, Modern Science, and Mental Health, I changed from LA to, um, I paid for it at my local org in Brisbane, but then I had a, Extension course supervisor now in at the AO in Sydney. So it was okay. like 40, so 40 Australian dollars. You did get sorted geographically eventually. Yeah. I, I was like, the people from Bridge were finally like, you know, you could just do this through like your local org now. I'm like, okay, cool. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. So eventually they triggered on that. So now I guess I guess what I'm thinking is, you know, you're not really that heavily invested, and then suddenly you're buying a full basics package, and that's hundreds of bucks. Oh, if basics right, and yeah. lectures, so thousands. Oh, the lectures and then too. I a week later they got me on my congresses, so that's also another thousands of dollars. Right. Um, and How did was they it. do that? What what, what um, did they do that? That's what I'm for. That's what I'm most curious about right now. It's kind of hard to really remember, but I know they got me on to two different people and they were just sort of, it wasn't really like a, you know, you need to buy this now kind of thing. It was sort of like this weird double team type deal. And yeah, it was really strange. So to get those Congresses, but um, yeah, but it's hard to really say. It was just, 
Yeah, they're very they're very good at trying to sell you on these things. But I have a funny story <laughs> when they so in August 2022, so a few months, I think like a month or oh, what's that, a couple months later, they sold me on my ACCs, which is just ridiculous since I had been in Scientology for one year. So they let me back up one second just to get the audience up to speed on what you've just said, because I, the, the full import of this is not necessarily communicated yeah. with just these words. So the basics books and lectures is I think 26 books and a lecture set for almost every one of those books, a set of lectures from L. Ron Hubbard consisting of anything from five, four or five to, you know, 20 lectures having to do with the concepts communicated in the book. And so you get all this Hubbard lectures and then you get the books. And that's just the basic books package all by itself. Then you add the congresses, which you mentioned. Yep. Congresses are a series of lectures that Hubbard gave through the 1950s and 60s. I think there's something like, what, 25 of them or something? I can't remember. There's quite a few, yeah, something like that. <laughs> And these yeah. were these congresses were were packages of lectures that were bound that were put together based on where Hubbard would go twice a year and do lectures to general public, not necessarily trained Scientologists. That's what the congresses, introductory kind of stuff, if you will. And he did this all through the fifties and into the nineteen sixties. So there's a ton of these lectures. I mean, hundreds of lectures are represented by when we say the congresses we're, we're talking about a lot of material boxes of lectures then because they're all bound up in these plastic cases and they're they're all very yeah, I've, I've got and, about 30 boxes I, I moved I moved like recently and like um and I had to carry each one of those up the stairs it took me like forever to move yeah. them yeah there's a lot because then Okay, so you buy all that. That's a that's a few thousand dollars investment yeah. if I if I understand it right. And then you're such a hot prospect and you're buying so quick that they're like, oh, we got money dollar signs in our eyes now. That's I'm telling you at Bridge, that's who yeah. you you were on a lineup. And they were like, okay, we're working this girl. And so um, so then they got the ACCs, which are the advanced clinical courses. And those are a set of lectures again, although there are about five times as many lectures as there are in the Congresses. There's boxes and boxes of these. And these advanced clinical courses are like the Congresses. They were sort of um, done multiple, like through the 1950s, uh, into the 1960s. And they are technical lectures. They're heavy, deep, you know, the hardcore philosophy of Scientology is in these ACCs. And so you got all of it. <laughs> That's amazing. It gets worse. <laughs> and it gets worse. Okay. So I, um, that's why I was curious. Yeah. What impelled you to do this? Because that's that's not a small thing to get somebody to go from a $50 course where they got a book and some some lessons they're filling out to, hey, would you like this semi-truck? you know, worth of materials yeah. now? So that's I, kind of the the jump. And that's why I got curious about how did they do that with you? How, how did they convince you to do that? That's a lot of money. Well, so with, well, with the basic books and lectures, it was more of a, you're going to be doing these anyway, so you might as well buy the package and save some money. Then the Congresses, it was like, well, you've bought the basic books and lectures. We can give you a massive discount on that. You'll eventually need them. It was sort of more like that, same as like the ACCs in a way, but 
with the ACCs, it was like um, it was before like Sea Org Day or whatever, because um, that was like August coming up to that. They're like, you know, it means so much to us, blah blah blah. Anyway, the I've got a funny story. So with that, um, the fourth Sea Org member I was talking to, she um, came up with this whole thing, elaborate thing, because um, she wanted to surprise the other division Sea Org member, because. Um, uh, one of them was not the one I was talking to, but the other one was she's Australian, but she's grew up in like America. She was born in Australia, but yeah, grew up in LA. So got American accent. So she wanted to surprise her by dressing up as a drop bear. So I don't know if you know what a drop bear is. It's like, hey, um, it's like, looks like a koala, but oh. it's like, it drops. It's like a joke. It's an Australian joke. Um, uh, it drops oh. from it drops from like trees and attacks like tourists, um, <laughs> but Australians <laughs> really love like just um, tricking people into thinking this is real. <laughs> well, you have enough deadly monsters uh, hiding in <laughs> ceilings and closets out there that uh, Americans would be easily taken in by yep. drop bears. Yeah, that's not yep. a problem. <laughs> so yeah, she she learned all this Australian slang. Um, and wrote apparently wrote this big speech with Australian slang and spoke in front of dressed up with like a she printed out like a picture of like a drop bear so like a koala and put that on her face and then had like put gloves on and then like had like the claws and was like doing that in front of like 150 odd bridge staff members um, including the CEO of bridge um, so she did that, presented it. So I got a photo of her dressed up as the drop bear giving one of the other Seahawk members like a piece of paper that probably said I bought my ACCs or something. Right. So um, not long after that happened, I think about a week after that happened, I got a call from uh, both of those two people. Um, and they were like, oh, someone here wants to talk to you. Um, and they put me on the phone to, I think his name is Blake Silva, Sibley Silva. Silver. The CEO of Bridge. Blake Silver. He's Silver. He, Blake Silver is still the CEO of Bridge? Yes. So I spoke to him. So they put him on the phone to me because I had bought all this stuff and he was like, good day, mate. And then, so have you, you, do you know him or? I was there when he was made the CEO. Uh, yeah, I know Blake. Yeah. I used, I was at Bridge for a period of time making books and stuff. Okay. And, uh, and I, and, and Bridge of course is in LA. So we knew all the Bridge staff and, uh, yep. Yeah, Blake's uh, Blake's second gen. His mother is uh, is the uh, ED of an of an of one of the orgs in California. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I got to speak to CEO of Bridge. Um, cool. <laughs> yeah, which is unusual. Um, and then I've told this story as well. When I went into my local org finally and stuff, I would tell them this story, and they'd be like shocked. <laughs> um, yeah. So after that yeah, happened. He, he, and he talked with you in order to get you to buy the ACCs? No, no, no. This was after I bought ACCs. And, oh, he and spoke after, okay. uh, after the person at Bridge dressed up as a drop bear. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he must have been in that meeting and then saw that and wanted to meet me because that was the most one of the most craziest thing I think they probably ever saw. <laughs> Yeah, which is which is why I think on one of your lives I asked you what the most craziest thing you've done 
for like stats. That's why I was asking you that to see if you, anyone else had done crazy stuff. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it now. Okay. Yeah, that, that guy understood the spirit of the question because uh, I think I answered something about doing babysitting or something for somebody. But yeah, crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, I've done some crazy shit. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, please carry on. Um, so then after that, I actually ended up going into the org at the same time, um, after I'd spoken to the CEO at Bridge, um, one of the Sea org members there at Bridge were like, you know, I think, you know, you should go into, you know, if you want to, we can organize a tour, you can go into your local org. Um, they never ended up organizing anything. I ended up doing another personality test and my local org contacted me again. And then I spoke to them and then booked in like a thing to go do my personal efficiency, the basic introduction course thing, mm -hmm. um, where you go, you watch like a movie. Um, it's all based on the problems of work. So I'd already read that and done the extension course. So it was pretty easy. Um, it's not a difficult course to do. Um, no, it's basically a two-day sort of seminar thing where you two days right no it's it's oh, only it's a four hour day. thing it's just a, it's a four four hour thing i did it yeah, over yeah that's right that's two right. days though yeah to work yeah cool so you went in and did that i did that then i and signed they, up they, did they were they what was their reaction when you walked in there i mean had they already met you known you talked with you uh no so um the ded for delivery exchange was the one that called me Yep. Um, so I'd spoken to her on the phone. Um, then when I'd come in, they were absolutely shocked that I had all my basic books, lectures, ACCs. Yes. Um, they oh, were yeah. just like, really like, wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, and, and that's kind of the thing that makes me feel like this isn't necessarily like, you know, taking Scientology by storm, selling people the basics online. I mean, I, I, I think there are few and far between instances of people like you going all in on yeah. all of it right away, you know, I mean, even, even if we said that there were, you know, 50 or a hundred or 300 people doing that, it's really not that many. And when you look at the whole world, right. Yeah. I think a lot of people might go in on the basic books potentially yeah. like that would be the most likely, but yeah, a lot wouldn't go all the way to like ACCs and stuff like that. Um, no, no. I mean, if you had walked into Santa Barbara when I was a staff member there and had already purchased all the books and lectures and had already been doing extension courses, I, I, you know, you'd have to hold me back. Like it'd be like, oh, you get her in the course. You know, I mean, it'd just be, like, <laughs> oh, we'd be, we'd be all over you to uh, get on service, get on the bridge and probably want to recruit you, uh, you know, depending on who had the say in what we were going to do with you. Right. Depending on what the, yeah. what the, the so big way wanted. Yeah. So it was August when I went in, I did the ups and downs. After I did that one, I did the ups and downs of life or whatever ups and downs in life, I don't yep. know, whatever it's called. That's it. Um, yeah, yeah, what, you think about what, what was your impression of the organization after having read and interacted with the Sea Org and then going into your you know local church and driving, what, an hour to get there? What do you think of the place? Um. Well, it's quite an old like building and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly what my first impression. I think I was just, I think I was just very nervous about even just going in. Like, mm. it, yeah, but um, what what what, what were you that, nervous about? I don't know. 
<laughs> it just was. It's just. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think because I knew sort of people looked upon Scientology a bit negatively, so I think it was sort of that had a lot to do with it as well. Mm. Were you talking to anybody about what you were doing with Scientology? Um, at that point, no, not not outside of Scientology. Okay, so yeah. nobody knew. You no, were, nobody you other were... than like the actual Scientologists. That sure. I yeah. Had, yeah. Okay, but you had a. I mean, do you have a? Do you have a large, small, medium social network? I mean, how how do you think about it in terms of your friends, family, that kind of thing at this point? Um, at the, fairly, you know, fairly, fairly small. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I think eventually I was talking not too long after that I was talking to some people at work about it, um, and yeah, they they weren't really that negative towards it, um, but yeah, that okay, okay. So, I because I don't know even what this place looks like. I haven't really looked up Brisbane or or checked the thing out. But I can. I mean, I'm just wondering. You know, if you're reading this stuff, like, what are you? What were your thoughts or 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 ideas about what this work represented or what it could do? Were you were you sold on it at this point? I mean, you're spending a lot of money on it. Was this something you were convinced was absolutely going to be helping you, or what was? You know, where were you at on this? Um, so I was thinking basically, I think sort of towards that point was, you know, it could help me with, you know, my past trauma, my childhood trauma, you know, I eventually sort of wanted some auditing, but I never ended up actually getting any auditing. Um, yeah. So, out, but okay, good. <laughs> they never <laughs> gave it to you. Okay. No, so so interested in using this to address your issues. Correct. Yep. So I had heard as well on the Zoom calls, like people, some of them were actually going into the, um, what do I say? Basically going on the bridge and they were taking steps on the bridge and then they were talking about wins from that. So at one point, so after my ups and downs in life, um, but basically I routed onto student hat straight from okay. that, which okay. The person was like shocked because they're like, oh, I don't know if we should. And then and then I think someone else was pointing out the fact that, hey, that's actually wrong. That's off policy. If they want to go on a, you know, get onto the bridge or, you know, hire a course, you should sign them up for it. Yeah. So course. she ended up signing me up for it, but I think she was kind of umming and ahhing. I think maybe she was just so shocked that I would just go straight from one life improvement course straight onto student hat because I was hearing from the Zoom calls because they were doing student hat. Um, right. You know, someone from there is doing student hat. And then, so him and his wife did student hat. Then they did um, Proteas, Upper Indoc. And then they went and did the Purif. And then all the way, they're both clear now. Right. Um, right. So you're basically, what basically what she's doing is naming the the beginning services of Scientology that are the actual main line services. You have you have these introductory or beginning level services, what they call public services, like your beginning courses, like your ups and downs in life, and you know overcoming um, uh, you know time issues or uh, the communications course. You know these kind of beginning level courses that people do in Scientology that are generally fifty seventy five hundred bucks. Uh, maybe 200 right at at the outside and and that's what gets you introduced to it and kind of like oh this is what it's all about and there's a lot of work to encourage people at those levels because then you're set you're being primed and set up for paying the big bucks and and interestingly um student hats usually free 
with other services that you buy? How did you, did you sign um, up for a package or how did you? It wasn't, it wasn't free. So it was, no, um, have they changed that now? Must have. Cause I did, I bought student house, which is like two and a half thousand dollars. Then wow. um, they managed to get me on my, I bought, so it was like a package because they were like, the mm -hmm. finance system is down. Like if you get this soon, like, you know, you can get it and you get um, upper end off that is like free or whatever. Um, so oh, you, I got like student hat, um, pro TRs, upper end off and the metering course in right. like one package. Yep. I think it was like seven and a half grand or something. Um, and you got a meter too? Uh, no, I didn't buy an e-meter. Okay, good. $1,000 piece of equipment that is worth about 10. Uh, <laughs> so I'm really glad you did not waste your money on an e-meter as well. What you just said that that package is your beginning classwork you have to do yeah. in order to become a professional Scientology auditor uh, is what that's setting you up for. It's the training side of the Scientology what they call the bridge to total freedom, right? The route you have to follow. There's auditing where you go in for like these counseling sessions and there's training where you go in and do classwork and you were doing the classwork kind of route yeah. and, uh, and got going on that straight away, which is pretty similar to what I did. Yeah. Cause it took me about six months or more than six months to do student hat. Okay. Me, wait, and that's I just a course on how to study. Yeah. Well, I found that because then I had done, you know, I think the first time, my first time, like in the course room after, like when I'd signed up for student hat, the course supervisor literally sat me down and was sort of almost explaining things. Um, <laughs> and then basically I would read stuff and then she would go, what's this word mean? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> Yep. And I spent like, I spent like hours on the first two pages. It wasn't even yep. into the course yet. <laughs> That's how it goes on student hat. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep. It's always a, it's then, always oh, a, a, stand, a tough one. I can't stand star rates. So I wanted after, so I, after I finished student hat, I wanted to do method one. So I wouldn't have to do as many star rates. You still have to do some of them, I think, but not yes. a lot of them. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's a lot of, uh, layers of complexity as we've I've spent hours breaking this down guys that's why we're not going to necessarily try to do a whole nother breakdown on it again right now yeah I, there's there's stuff on my channel where I break all of this down in very very minute detail so if you're looking for that you can check out those videos on study tech and on how courses and training is done in Scientology just just search for that on my channel you'll find it it's all broken down for you there um the Scientology classwork is unique it is not like anything else in any other place you're ever going to study stuff. Hubbard had a lot of rules for how you go about studying things, and they are pretty crazy about looking up every word you don't understand or maybe possibly couldn't maybe misunderstand in some fashion. And uh, what did you think of all that? Um, I kind of thought it was, I don't know, some, somewhat ridiculous sometimes where you're like, I do understand this. Like, so why are you sort of hassling me and trying to get me to find a word? And, you know, I mean, it, it's got some merit as to, you know, looking up a word you don't understand where you're like, what is this word? Like, I've never seen it to actually know what it means. Sure. Like that, that's handy. But then going through the whole process of clearing the word, it's just... It takes so much time, especially then when you get into word chains and you get, you know, you have another misunderstood word in the actual dictionary and 
you know, or you try to find the actual right definition and, oh, yeah. yeah, it can be grueling. It really can. You can spend the entire study period. You could spend three hours just trying to understand one word. It can be like that in Scientology. You're not, you don't make any progress at all on your class that night because you're clearing up the word as. <laughs> did you ever have to, did you have to, have to ever have to dive into the small common words of the English language and grammar? Uh, I think, I think it was maybe like one, one of them. I don't think I really, well, I did the, after I did student hat, I did the children's grammar and come course, which is like. After student hat. After student hat. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That, but, that um, in the sequence. See, that, yeah. that course was actually pretty, that course was actually pretty like good. Like it was actually uh -huh. useful. Um, cause yeah. like I was terrible at English when I was growing up. Um, so yeah. that sort of really helped me actually learn that, but then that had nothing really to do with Scientology and that sort of, that sort of material is sort of, it doesn't have Scientology words really. It's just, look up the words you don't understand and just go through the worksheets. So it's not really. Yeah, yeah not, not a big deal. It's, it's, it's far from heavy indoctrination. Some of the basic courses of Scientology are, are, you know, pretty, pretty harmless stuff. And, um, and the grammar and communication specifically, um, Scientology, one of the, one of the unintended consequences of Hubbard's system of clearing words and, and having to really get into the minutia of the language uh, and you do, as a Scientologist, you really, really do. This is a pretty universal experience for Scientologists if they're involved for any length of time, that that they get used to making their way around dictionaries and encyclopedias. And eventually they have to learn grammar because there's no way to get around it. Uh, you're going to be checked on these things. And if you don't know them, flunk, right? And then you got to reread the materials. She referred to star rate checkouts. This is where somebody sits across from you and actually asks you the definition of words in the material you just read. And if you can't give the definition like immediately, what's the definition of the word but here? Uh, 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 I don't know. Flunk, right? You got to go look it up. And gotta go look it up, clear. I think, yeah, I ended up doing, um, I think Star Rate Checkout one, I ended up having to do that like so many times because I had to get a supervisor pass. And yep. one of the supervisors is like really, really tough. Like yep. if you don't even have the right definition or like as in even if the definition is slightly wrong, like slightly not complete, she will just yep. flunk you. That's right. So oh, I pride myself on that. I was a supervisor. I used to, <laughs> oh, catching students out was my game. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding me? That's, that's the way why to go. I would always, that's why I would always like certain people to do my star rates. Exactly. Like you want pretty much stuff. anyone but the supervisors wouldn't be right. good. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I took that shit seriously. <laughs> so, um, okay, so you, so you, so you're, you're getting through these basic beginning services and training, but you never got over the auditing side. No. Interesting. Why not? No. Because I was busy doing the student ad, and then I did, um, what was it, the communication children's communication course. Then I did staff status one. And I did staff status. Well, I haven't oh, done. So I didn't. Staff. Sorry, yes. So that's actually like, go ah, back to that. That's why you didn't get in session. They did yeah. you. Okay. So they did in in November, <laughs> end of November, twenty twenty two. So I'd only been in the org. What's that? Less than four months. Yep. No, wait, three months is it? September, October, uh, October. You said October, yeah. right? October, November. So I started in uh, end of August was when I went into the org, okay. and then. End of November, I'd signed my staff contract. 
See, I told you, I told you, if you walked in there and like, you're at the top of everybody's lineup, (laughs) income lineup, book lineup, (laughs) course lineup, staff. Yeah, we're getting her. So, yeah, yeah, that was, that was, I was on student head at that point. Um, But they were like, because I haven't had psychiatric drugs. I haven't done any, any other sort of drugs. I think I tried weed once when I was 30, but Hey, like nothing, nothing really bad. Uh-huh. So they were like, you qualify for HCO. They had no has. There so it they is. had no HCO area secretary who is in charge of division one. Yep. Um, they had none. So they were like, sweet. We have someone that's actually qualified. Yep. You, so, you yeah, basically they... have to be an innocent little snowflake to work in HCO, right? And, and work in division one. You well, can't really have had. Yeah hardcore life experience because you because it's an out qualification mm-hmm. they have this this intense list of qualifications to be in hco and and uh and you can't have any sort of you know wild sexual history for example or be you know um what would the word be um promiscuous yeah right? i don't want any promiscuity or anything like that uh you know preferably virgins <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, yes, and they and 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 that division has an awful lot of power in the organization as well. So that's where they that's where they put you, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, that wow. was where they were thinking of putting me, uh, which mm. they so I sort of was, but I never because I didn't finish staff status two. They didn't officially post me, but I was still getting um, like mail and like you know communication from the AO and stuff addressing me as the has even though i wasn't officially the has sure 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 what so, was it yeah. convinced you to sign up for staff because that's a pretty big yeah. i was i wasn't about yeah <laughs> i was the so basically the biggest thing they got me in with was the exec training so they were like this is an amazing thing you know you can you'll get all the stuff to like clear you'll get superpower you get all this amazing training at flag, you know, it's like, I think they were selling it as like a year or six months to a year, even though <laughs> longer than that <laughs> at flag. So uh-huh. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. So I was really excited about that. Okay. And that, that's sort of the same way they recruited me. Oh, is that how you got recruited? Yeah. For training. They needed, they, they had a problem to solve uh, in the organization, right? They needed to send somebody off for, uh, it was actually for course room supervisor training, not executive training, but it was the same thing. You got to go down to LA, there's a Sea Org mission there, they're training the best of the best, and you're going to be one of them, and it's going to be so awesome. And I just had stars in my eyes. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, this is wonderful, right? Because I'm 17 years old, and here's all these adults talking to me like I'm an, like I'm an adult, and they respect me. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Nobody had ever yep. talked to me like that, you know. So it was it, that alone was a selling point for me. What was the what was so so the, the the idea of getting a bunch of your services for free must have been exciting. Was that the was that the selling point, or was there something else? That that as well, and then they sold me on I guess superpower as well because um, that sounded pretty good. Yeah. So. Yeah, I could see <laughs> yeah, that. It was sort of it was sort of all of that, and then um, our yeah. our org was sort of one org because we didn't have a day in foundation. We were still we were just one org because mm-hmm. we didn't have that many staff. So they were like, "Oh, we can you know fit it around your work and stuff like that. You know, you don't need to come in like on one of those set schedules. We'll work around that." And then 
several months later, I get a call from the one of the people in the HCO down at the AO and he's like, oh, I want to put you on a day or a foundation schedule, you know, because my work wasn't really, it's sort of more random and like the way that I sort of work. And then he was like, oh, send me your, you know, like he was basically just suggesting that I get another job. And then he was like, you can send me your resume and I'll go apply for jobs for you. And I was like, wow, this is like just too much. I didn't end up sending it to him. Member, I was like, what the heck? Yeah. A Sea Org member in Sydney. Yeah. How far away is Sydney from you? Uh, About 10 hour drive. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. I thought it was a far drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's telling you. He is going to arrange to get you a new job with your, who was this person? Um, he was, I know he's in HCO. He's not the senior has. He's sort of one below the senior has. I'm right. not really exactly sure Okay. what his position is. I've met him once in person Right. Um, okay. when he came up to Brisbane with the senior has. Was he like PPO? For the for the cont or something something like that personnel procurement officer possibly I'm not really senior. sure yeah they they have this interesting system in Scientology where they kind of mirror the, the it, it, at the public levels at the city level at the street level where you would go and see a Scientology church they they're kind of organizationally divided up into these seven divisions and they kind of mirror that at the management level. So you have people at the management level who are whose job it is to establish, to put people there, to recruit people to be staff in their opposite number division, if you can kind of get that idea. And so yeah. the management people are responsible. Let's say there's a guy at mm -hmm. Sydney whose job it is to put people like you on the job in HCO division one in every church in Australia, yeah. every Scientology church in Australia. My job in management was to do that same thing for the technical divisions, for division four. That's mm -hmm. the place I oversaw as a Sea Org manager. So that's the same, it's the same system, right? LA, Sydney, whatever, same, same management deal. So they were trying to get you so they would have an established HCO in Brisbane finally. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So he was, yeah, he was trying to get me on either or schedule. And I was like, well, everyone there is not on a normal schedule to begin with. So and well, right. that sort of happens. Well, you know, I wasn't listening. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I swear I've spoken to about 20 different CEO members. I don't think many public tend to really speak to that many. Um, but I was in contact with a whole lot of people and even more people at Bridge as well. Um, yep. so yeah, going back. So I joined staff in November, end of November, 2022. Um, at the same time, they sold me my bridge again, sold me more shit. Um, they sold me they my did. classic lectures, which now I realize, um, I think Jeff pointed out that basically those are already in the stuff that you already have. Exactly. All of the stuff they're going to sell you after the fact you've already got it all. Yep. So, and then it gets, and then it gets so Fuckers. then they sell me my leather bound basics ah, and they, and then did. they get me to do like a donation to their planetary dissemination crap. Anyway, then another funny story came out of that because the same person that dressed up as a drop bear, she actually got the, this is around Christmas time. So she got the, basically most of bridge, whoever was at the meeting 
to sing the Australian version of Jingle Bells. So, and one of the people in the org um, at Bridge, he actually called me so I could actually hear them all singing the, so she was word clearing everyone first and then they went and they all sung, including the executives. They were singing the Australian version of Jingle Bells. And, and what were they doing this for? Because I had bought my leather-bound basics. Uh, <laughs> so that's just more right. crazy shit that they want to do for to get whatever out of people, yeah. These are called, um, oh, God, how am I? Capers. They capered you. That's what they call it. They mm. call it capering people. Uh, when you do something they want you to do, it's like a little reward. Or it's an incentive to do what they want you to do if they do it before you've, you know, bought the thing or whatever. They'll caper you. They'll get you some special, unique thing or do something that's for you, you know. That, and, that's uh, what my um, extension course supervisor in Sydney used to do to get me to do my lessons. So he he used to do a bet. So he'd be like, you have to, if you don't get your lessons in by Thursday at 2, you've got to do like a video of yourself doing like a funny accent or something um I never I never lost I always won and then he had to do something stupid so he did like um a rap with like the um periodic table different to the that song but um yeah he did a rap of that he did um the last one he did was quite funny it was like a screaming goat so he he screamed like a goat for like 30 seconds wow <laughs> so it's just wow. random shit that they would do. <laughs> Damn, <about> man. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's unique. Uh, it's it, they they certainly do their job with enthusiasm, don't they? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, they will do anything something. to get their stats up. Basically, that's basically the problem. Yeah, and they yeah. will do anything. By the way, I mean, this is all kind of cutesy stuff, but you know, there's some nasty stuff these guys get up to doing this stuff too. But anyway, we digress. So so uh so you join staff, you're doing staff statuses, they're trying to get you to be on a regular schedule cuz because mm -hmm. you're the one who's supposed to be, by the way, the person who is the who is setting the whole org on its right proper schedule. Like HCO is the is the division that 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 kind of puts the rest of the organization there. Mm -hmm. And if things are out of alignment or aren't right or somebody's on some weird ass schedule or something, it's your job to fix that. So that's basically what this dude was trying to do with you and then get you to do that with the rest <laughs> of the Brisbane or, yep. you know, we're going to straighten this place out, you know, and that, and I'm sure they had stars in their eyes. I'm sure they were very excited about you. Um, cause they finally had somebody HCO qualified in Brisbane you know, <laughs> and you were paying all this money. I mean, you were hardcore. You're totally in there. You know, they like, Oh, this is the perfect person for this. So how did it all go t so terribly wrong? What happened? What happened? What happened <laughs> I think, here? I think they're still trying to figure that. Um, so basically after that, though, in January uh, 2023, they people at Bridge again, they tried to, they're like, oh, we want you to become a patron of the IAS. I think ah. they were saying it was like $50,000. Although some things say it's like 40000 From what I remember, they said fifty. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. Like, that's way too much money. Yep. Um, I'm like, I'll put like $1,000 towards my lifetime membership just to, you know. 
because they were like, oh, we're going to get you to do all this other stuff. We're going to do all this other stuff again. And, you know, they were probably going to do something really embarrassing again with themselves. But um, they didn't end up doing that because I wouldn't put $50,000 in. I'm like, that's just, no, I'm not. What would you have had to done to get $50,000? Probably get a massive loan. But even then, I don't think I would have. Like I still, to get my ACCs, I actually got a loan a personal loan for like 10 mm-hmm. grand or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which I'm almost paid off. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it just, that just isn't possible for me. And to spend it on something like that, I'm like, no, you know. And that, that, and that turned you off the whole thing or what? How, what, what? Um, that, that what wasn't the, that was, you know, I think that was a lot of part of it was like them, they just pushed for like money, 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 but it wasn't that, that was my last straw. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, cause in March 20, so in, in like February, 2023, I had, was emailing back and forth with that same bridge person um, and I asked her, like, you know, what did you, why did you join, like, the Sea Org? And then she was like, um, she's like, oh, that's like a long, you know, that has like a long answer. She's like, oh, it just seemed like the right thing to do, doesn't it? Or it just seems like the right thing to do, doesn't it? And I was like, that is a really weird answer. I was like, I wonder if she's trying to, like, recruit me. And then I was like, a month. You yeah, read. so. <laughs> that's that's how she was thinking about what you asked when you ask a question like that yeah she's interested that's exactly so yeah. a month later she calls me up and she starts asking me yeah it was like oh maybe not a month she was quite busy with like other sort of stuff sure. it was several weeks later she called me up and started asking me all these questions um like if i would ever done lsd and i'm like <laughs> thinking i'm like She's recruiting me. I was like yeah, thinking it in the back of my mind. You. I knew exactly what she was doing. Yep. And then, so she was trying to see if I, and then anyway, I ended up signing my seal contract. Um. So I was then wanting to go to bridge. So that became really complicated. Mm, did it? Um. Yeah. Cause, cause I'm in Australia. Mm-hmm. It's a bit harder for them to get me across to Oh, sure. Of course. You need a visa and all that crap. Of course. Yeah. So they have to, apparently they have to get, um, so what, cause she isn't a recruiter. She's not actually in HCO. She's in uh, division four, which is like the sales division in bridge or something. Yeah. That's what they do. Sales. That's where they produce their books and also sell their books. There's Mm. two kind of sections to, to that division. So, yeah, so she was actually in the recruiting thing. So then I was getting quite frustrated with the process um, later on because she was like, oh, trying to get me to do like a project prepare and go like how, what do we have to do to get you here? And then she had to look into the visa thing and then she found out that you've actually got to get approval from senior HCO Int or something to be able to, well, that's what at least she was saying. I ended up speaking to. That's interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I ended up speaking to the senior HCO at Bridge. Um, mm-hmm. So I had sort of a talk with him. I can't remember exactly what was said, but he just wanted to like get to know me. Um, and then you remember his name? Oh, it was some unusual name. It's not like a. Mm. I can't remember. Okay, just wondering if I knew. It's more like maybe like Hans or something like that. Maybe Hans. Hans. 
could have been that. Yeah. 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 I know him. He was, he was <laughs> keeping an eye on me when I was leaving the Sea Org. Oh. He's been around for a long time, Hans. <laughs> so when, when did you leave? What year? 10, 10 in 2012. So you might even know some of the people at Bridget. Oh yeah. I probably know yeah, a bunch of these people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I spoke to him and then I think they were saying basically that I had to, that they had to get approval from HCO in. So they had to put it forward to them to mm. get approval. Cause then Scientology has to then apply for the visa. Cause I can't. And then it was all this like really complicated sort of stuff. So it was sort of like, then they didn't really communicate with me. And then I was getting quite frustrated because like the person I was dealing with, she, it's not her normal job. So then she couldn't give me answers because it's not her department. And yeah, it was all quite frustrating hmm. um, at the time. And at the same yeah. time as well, I was in a job because I had changed jobs um, between the last job that I had that I was talking about. And then, then, um, and yeah, I wasn't really enjoying my job. My supervisor wasn't very good and, you know, I kind of wanted to get out of that. So it was sort of like the seal was almost like a way out of that, even though it was not really a good way out of it. Um, no. <laughs> would have been the worst way out of it, but you, you would have had to have discovered that the hard way. Yeah. So yeah. then they were pushing me and then the people from CLO from uh, Sydney came up and I told them that I joined the Sea Org. Then they were like, oh, we can get you to do all this stuff in like Sydney, mm -hmm. you know, so that way you get all this approval stuff before you go over there. And I'm like, okay. And then I spoke to people at Bridge and they're like, no, that's not right. Like if you, where you do the EPF is normally when they post you and doing all this sort of stuff. So I was like, what the and heck again, is going here's on? Where the, here's where the possessiveness of of this comes into play where they actually step on each other's feet. Yep. Right. I mean, it would have made perfect sense to put you on the EPF in Sydney. You were, you know, you were a few hours away from there. You get on a bus, you take, pack up all your stuff. You're in. Yep. Right. And then they can duke it out as to how to get you over to LA, but, Oh no, 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 no. We can't do that. Cause if they get her, then we'll never get her, you know? And so they just don't even think that way. It's, it's really quite, insane and then yeah and then i was even getting calls from like the the recruiter seal recruiter in sydney and i was like i'm interested in going to bridge not sydney right and then um yeah the the whole like clo trying to get me to do all these different things was really frustrating because i was like you know one way is like pulling me one way and then the other way and i was just getting very irritated I even then told the CLO guy off and was like, you know, could you like not like I wasn't rude or like, you know, it's like insulting or whatever. It was just more like back off type of thing in a polite way, <laughs> kind of like I'm getting very frustrated because I'm getting like pulled all these different ways and I get told one thing and then another thing. I was just telling him I was getting very frustrated. So, right. yeah, there was that whole thing. Um, I'm really surprised they didn't try to just come and get you. You know, yeah, I well, well, once once I told the CEO recruiter in Sydney that I was interested in going to Bridge, they sort of just backed off and never called me again. Yeah, so. it's really funny because I I would have cross recruited you. <laughs> That's what they call it. No cross recruiting. She's right here. It's not like Bridge has sent anybody to come get her. I'm taking her. You know, another, I totally would have duked yeah. that out. Oh, I would have told Hans to go fuck himself. You know, I'm taking her, man. She's right here. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
Another another big thing as well with that was um, they had to then replace me. So Bridge was trying to replace me from afar. Right. And because I was HCO and then going to be doing executive training, that became quite complicated. Yep. Yep. Um, so that also was delaying me from going. So all these things end up wow. being a good thing in the end yeah. of the day because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it helped me no, literally the, the 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 very inefficiencies of this like you know authoritarian cult saved you. So that was good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, there was all of that. Um, I ended up doing my life history. I ended up getting a copy of my life history because Bridget wanted me to send it to them. So. Um, hence why I've actually got a copy of life history, which I don't know if that many people probably don't have a copy of their life history. Maybe I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I got one. I got, I've got mine from back in the yours. day. Yeah. I actually still have it. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the same document. It's too. A kind of a valuable document for your life. I mean, there's so much in there, all the stuff I've forgotten. I can just go look in the life history. <laughs> When did I go to school? Where did I go? What years was oh, I? Oh, yeah, that, that was, yeah. <laughs> Who do you, you talk to? What are your out? friends? What, Sorry? What, what, what was going through your mind when you were filling that thing out? Did you feel it was at all invasive or were you kind of? Um, I was kind of, I think I was pretty upset after it. I don't know, like, not like upset, upset, but just kind of annoyed. Yeah. yeah Especially it's... with like, you know, all the sexual questions, like it's kind of. Oh, it's just so invasive. It's like no one, no other organization asked this. I think even if you were going into like, um, you know, the army or the defense force, they wouldn't ask you those questions. Correct. Nobody else outside of a cult is going to ask you questions like that or a sex therapist, I suppose. But then that's, <laughs> and that, that's, that's a whole different, different context, though. right? Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just this, it's just this weird monolithic organization is suddenly demanding to know every person you slept with and what you did with them. Yes. I mean, like details. We want details. It's yep. it's horrifying. It's so, it's so invasive. Okay. So yeah, I did that then basically come when I was doing uh, the staff status too. Um, I actually, because I think at one point as well when I was in Scientology, before I'd gone into the org, I almost blew. Um, like oh. I was getting very frustrated. I didn't have, like I was trying to get help from the people at Bridge and like some of them were either away or they were like, you know, busy or whatever and they didn't end up answering except one person finally did and then she got stuff sorted. But I was just getting really frustrated. So I was like, screw this um, until they actually did contact me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've looked up a few things as well as I, when I was still in Scientology, um, like negative things on Scientology. Things? Yeah. I'm not really looking on the internet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> <You> <laughs> so said... I looked up a couple of things here and there. I'm pretty sure I might've watched a video of two of yours. Um <laughs> But I mean, that was sort of in between. There was one point though, where I was just so much into it that I, as in like into Scientology that I just stopped listening and stopped looking at anything online right? in regards to Scientology. But I think at some point I had come across um, like stories on the RPFs, RPF, especially like the, on the ship where they would go into like the engine room and have to clean something in there and then get covered in oil and have to like wash themselves in petrol or something. I remember yep. Yep. reading a story about this. So anyway, on staff status too, where you've got to go through the org board. 
and clear mm -hmm. like everything. Um, I think I was up to division four, but while I was going through that, because I had to use the, they've got a new pilot dictionary mm -hmm. that they're using. Um, it's not been released yet officially. Yep. It's also the new version. Years old. Oh, really? Yeah, they've been using <laughs> that pilot dictionary for 20 years. <laughs> anyway, then between between that, sorry, I'm just going to get some water. Sure, sure. Um, between that and the old green admin dictionary, um, I was clearing like all the words and all trying to find all the different positions because um, it just wasn't like laid out really well. Um, somehow I came across the definition for the RPFs RPF while flipping through the pages trying to find a definition. Um, and I read that definition and I was like, because at, at before that point, I was kind of like, because I hadn't experienced anything in Scientology sort of other than the really kind of trying to get money out of people. Other than that, I hadn't really experienced any of the negative things that I had heard because um, mainly it was about the Sea Org that I had heard about. Um, and yeah, it was reading through that and I was like, the definition was like, you know, they would be put in mud boxes and like only given like a maximum of six hours sleep. And I was like, crap, like that, that means that like fits with like what I had heard. Mm -hmm. So that like got the ball rolling. And then I was like, crap, I'm going to be joining the Sea Org. Then I was thinking as well, on top of that, I had to sell all my things, which, you know, is, if you're attached to things and whatnot, it's a bit hard to do. On top of the fact that I really want to go traveling and I really want to do that sort of stuff. So I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do that when I'm in the Sea Org. And then all of this stuff started piling on me going, I don't want to go. Like, right. <laughs> I don't want to join the Reality Sea Org. Reality sets in again, in other words. Yeah, pretty much all this stuff comes yeah. flooding in. And then what really takes the cake is, um, so the last time I went into the Org was like the 2nd of August, 2023. Then it was like the 7th of August, 2023, I got a phone call from that person at Bridge and they wanted to sell me more stuff. <laughs> so I, before that though, I like, I told her like on the phone call before she started selling me stuff, I was like, I'm having trouble sleeping. Um, she's like, oh, I can send you references, blah, 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 like help you with this. And then she was like trying to sell me the humanitarian series, like all of the LRH books on him and oh, you know the yeah about his life and all that crap the ron mags yeah yeah all the, the of course the hardbound ones all the yep. all the, yeah I've, I've shown those here I've, I've walked through some of those with people in the past yeah they're they're extraordinary publications <laughs> let's put it that way <laughs> <laughs> it's like 12 volumes glorifying and idolizing and uh, a, a man who didn't do hardly anything that they're describing in the books. That's what's so wild. Yeah. yeah it's absolutely wild. Other, other than maybe he was a prolific writer, which is the only thing that probably is Correct. true. Yeah. Correct. That is. Yeah. That's right. Um, so yeah, she was trying to then sell me the humanitarian series. And then I turned around and said, well, I mean, because I had debt at this point, because that was one of the things that was stopping me as well from going into the Sea Org straight away, right? as well as all the visa and all that other crap. Um, and she was like, you know, and I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to take this with me. Like, how am I going to take all my materials? And then she's like, oh, you can donate them. Because she was trying to get me to buy it because of another, the other bridge person. It was like her 20 years in the Sea Org or something. 
Um, it was coming up to Wait, that. I don't know. She was trying to get you to buy thousands she was trying of to get me to buy the to celebrate somebody's anniversary in the Sea Org. Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sake. That's what she was trying. And then and then she and then I was like, well, where am I gonna like I'm not gonna be able to take this with me? And she wanted me to donate it. I'm like, well, what's the point of that? Right. So right. I, I didn't exactly. buy it. I was like, no. Nah. And then I was really pissed off because like at this point, like the week like prior to that, because all of that stuff about the RPFs, RPF, and then when I'd be on course leading up to sort of this, it would be, I would be thinking in the back of my mind, what am I doing here? Like, why am I here? Why am I wasting my time in this place? Like, I don't want to be here. That That's what I was thinking leading up to me just blowing. Right. And then that was just sort of one of the final straws to me go, you know what? And then she never ended up sending me an email um, with any of those references until much later, like months later, when after, after I had blown, after I had blown and I was like, well, you did this. Like, I, I'm like, I explained, I literally had told her that's why I was annoyed. And then, yeah, so. Oh, because they can't, they, they can't even follow through on a simple, I will send you this yeah. thing. Now. So then I was thinking, well, you're more interested in money than you are in helping me. And then that pretty much kind of confirmed that for me because, like, I was kind of thinking that by that time I was like, well, Scientology just is just, you know, money grabbing. Then you have all these ideal orgs. Um, you know, I've seen videos that my ideal org has, sorry, my um, local org has done up, the ED and the one of the other people <clears throat> who used to be the PEZ. Um, they would do videos where, you know, they'd be like, donate your money. I think it's on one of my um, videos on my channel um, that I did. It's one of the clips is on that. Um, and they're like, um, donate money or we'll come to your house. And you don't want that. <laughs> you know, donate now kind of thing. You know, give us all your money. It's pretty much what their videos are all about, like all those videos. It's like they don't even have any, you know, they're not even trying to hide it. They're just like, give us your money. It's pretty much, I mean, they've been doing this for 20 years, this whole ideal org thing. And so the fundraising is, I mean, it's pretty desperate at this point, you know, uh, oh, to they're get still, the, Yeah, they're still yeah. texting me. My, I got a text message the other day from um, literally like less than a week ago from um, one of the people there, from um, the person who used to be the Pez. And she was like, oh, you have it's been a while since you've been to like an ideal org event. You know, you should come along. Um, you know, and then like this Saturday or whatever it was. And then she's like, oh, there's a guest speaker by the name of, I don't even know what his name is. I've never heard of the guy in my life. I'm like, I don't know. Why would I want to come to a random event <laughs> where you're just going to try and get money out of me? And then probably I'm going to be hauled into ethics as soon as I, if I walked in through the door. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this is very interesting. So you just took off. You're just done. Um, yeah, I just never went back. Yeah, there it is. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, to me, this is this most of this story is you going in deep, but then just as quickly realizing what you were going in deep on. And because of a series of blunders on their part um, and the time entered into it, right? They're dragging it out, dragging it out, dragging it out. And the local org, Brisbane, isn't particularly giving you your dopamine hits on a regular basis. <laughs> it sounds like. Yeah, right? that, that's what I mean. I think I think it would have been a lot different if I hadn't joined uh -huh. the Sea Org 
And even if I hadn't joined staff, if I hadn't joined staff and I had just gone straight onto the bridge, I probably would still be in Scientology. Yep, I think if so. If I hadn't gone so hard so fast, they, I probably would still be stuck in there. Yeah. But because I went like head first, it was sort of like, <laughs> gets you out yeah. quicker. No, you dodged a bullet and, and, mm -hmm. and it was good on you for not putting up with some of that, you know, because you were pretty all in in terms of paying money and going down there and signing a contract and, and being part of this and being part of the group. What did you think of the group? Did you ever feel part of that group? Were they welcoming people? Did you feel friendly or did you make friends with any of the other staff? Um, yeah, no, I definitely did feel part of the group, at least um, some of the time. Okay. Um, I know, though, I remember the first time I went to the org, um, I parked in the wrong place. I was almost parking in one of the auditors and she wasn't too happy about that and was kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say like aggressive. It was sort of more like quite kind of harsh mm. telling me, you know, you got to park over there. But I, I found it kind of like she was quite rude in that regard. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way, um, sure. but I kind of dismissed it and just went in anyway. Um, But yeah, generally I did. Like um, I talked to the Hez and she was pretty, she was the e, um, EO, the ethics officer beforehand. Mm -hmm. But then she got promoted to be the Hez. Um, right. Which puts yeah, her for divisions one, two, seven, one, two, by the way. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. The, 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 you're using all the acronyms, which is awesome. Um, but no, I got so far, I used to, <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to, I used to read like policies when I was like, didn't know what I was doing because like right. at the same time I'm like I don't know what to do like because I was helping with bits and pieces but I wasn't like fully trained or whatever in my job so I'd like read all the policies they got me to read and then like you know I'd always deep dive into different things like when I was in right. when I was actually doing staff status too doing the org board I actually had the clear cognition while I was doing that <laughs> so because I realized if you're not in session yeah it doesn't because <laughs> I was like even asking them like I didn't realize it was until like later on and then um yeah because I was going through like clearing like as isness and um all that kind of weird lingo um and then I was reading some of creation of human ability which the supervisor had pulled out for me because like two of the supervisors were like good like that because I would like ask questions and then they would give me more information. They just pull all these references out. Um, sometimes even show me things like when I was talking about that sort of stuff, I'm like, so does that mean then we like, um, what was it? So like your analytical mind created your reactive mind. So like you created your reactive mind, which is what I had come to while I was clearing all of those things. And yep. then she pulls out like new era Dianetics, <laughs> like showing me stuff from there and like stuff like that. So then I would, and then I remember actually um, saying that to one of the other supervisors and then another guy who had just gone clear not that long ago. Um, the supervisor though, she's not clear, but she's a class five auditor. Um, but yeah, I was like telling them, oh, this is what I've realized. And then they're like, supervisor to the guys kind of like shh like don't tell her because <laughs> i mean like it's you've mocked up your own reactive mind so it's not quite no, the right, right words but no that's right but uh, most people in scientology don't realize the significance of that phrase by the way 
only people who have been trained on that material know yep. those are secret words, right? Mm -hmm. Or or special words, I should say, not necessarily yep. secret. But anyway, it's a it's a it's an interesting convoluted place. Scientology is. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm hoping. Here's what I'm thinking after listening to all of this: is I'm hoping that your story is actually more representative of modern Scientology than my story. Because, you know, as a second gen being raised in it, of course, I walked into the org and I was pretty much already sold. I just needed to do that personality test and really get it personalized to me. And that's what really got yeah. me on board. Um, but I'd already been primed for it my whole life. You walked in and you were primed by these books that you had managed to get hold of and read and, and were, you know, the extension courses and that sort of thing. But you saw through all the bullshit a lot faster than I did. <laughs> because yeah. you because because of because you didn't have I think a lot of that second gen stuff and also because you'd been exposed to some critical things so South Park other stuff I mean hell I never heard the word Xenu till I was about 40 <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> I never even heard the word you know like not not anywhere mm -hmm. so um anyway so it's kind of good so I'm really I I guess that's what I'm sort of saying is I'm hoping that you know uh the younger brighter generation <laughs> sort of sees through a lot of this now where, you know, we in the earlier generations, maybe, maybe didn't so much, you know? Yep. What do you think? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think, I think it also makes a big difference if you obviously didn't grow up in that environment. Like if you got a normal education and stuff like that, because right. I mean, had it been like something like history of man and I read, cause like I did, um, when I got out of um, high school, I did. I went straight into a Bachelor of Science. Um, I didn't finish it though. I kind of uh, failed after like a year. I was did, doing okay for like a year, and then I kind of just dropped out because um, I didn't know what I wanted to do in it. But mm. um, yeah, just with stuff like you know, history of man with the whole evolution thing, and like just some of it just seems really ridiculous. Yeah. Um, pretty much all of it in history of man. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. bad. And then, and then looking back in it now, when I'm looking back at like the, um, the whole Xenu story with like 75 million years ago when like, and then they're talking about Hawaii and Hawaii like wasn't even formed back then. And then the volcanoes weren't formed. Like, it's not even like it's off by like a, you know, like a little bit, it's like oh. off by, you know, it was like a few million years, like two, three million years ago, whatever it was when it was like formed. But then he's right. saying it's 75 million years ago. And it's just, right. yeah. No, the whole thing is absolutely mad. Uh, I mean, I fact checked, uh, uh, you know, prior to practically every line of the narrative and it's, it's, it, yeah. it's impossible that it, that it went down the way that Hubbard describes. There's just no way that's possible for yeah. a number of reasons. There's no one gotcha. There's a number of them. So yeah. Um, well, rec yeah. Yeah. Recently, though, I've pulled out um, the Melbourne ACCs. Um, oh, did you? In it, because that was the, one of the videos I did. And it was yeah. talking about, he was talking about ancient Egypt. So at the same time I was actually in Scientology, I was in another, I was in like another religion. Huh. Um, who's like a small, they're a small religious sort of group. Um, oh. Yeah, it's like um, a revival of the ancient Egyptian religion. Um, yeah, so I was in this group until, uh, before Scientology. And then I was in the group. Um, I left about a month after I joined, like, as I signed the Seahawk contract, I left that religion. Um, 
which I think Scientology then had a big sort of part in that sort of in that kind Sure. of regard because I was Sure. getting more involved in that and yeah Yeah, they tend um to discourage other practices. yeah definitely because <laughs> I was pretty involved in that other religion um Is that like a, is that like the uh the worship of the Ankh or something? What were um they? it's like worship of the ancient Egyptian gods Right. so Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that that sort of has its own kind of controversies in in that religion, but um, a lot of things have sort of changed because um, it's been going for about thirty years. Um, but Okay. yeah, things have sort of changed in that. But compared to if I look at that and I look at Scientology, it's it's a pretty it's a harmless like small religion. Right. Um, right. Definitely in <laughs> the balance of things, they certainly And there's plenty don't control of those, your life. you know, Yeah. there's plenty of those. I mean, people, you know, it, it, not every small new religious movement or, or effort to help people or, or set up some new spiritual system of belief or worship or something. Not all of these things are horrible, destructive cults. Some people are just nice people and they have ideas and they want to share them with other people. And maybe they're factual, maybe they're faith-based, whatever. Um, you know, I never had any problem with any of those groups. You know, they all fit under that umbrella of new religious movements that have freedom of religion, that have the right to practice what they're doing, as long as they're not hurting anybody. And they're, you know, they're not rapacious, you know, vulture culture, give us all your money kind of Yep. people, right? Scientology Mm -hmm. kind of sets itself apart, as you've described today. You know, Yeah. it's just, it's so, so money hungry. But yeah, I was looking over the what he says about ancient Egypt, ancient Egypt, what Elron Hubbard says, and I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, this is like really, if I'd come across this two years ago, I'd be like, what the heck? And I'm like, yeah, this is just um Did so you come when across you get into the stuff? the Did he talk sorry? about laser guns and the spaceports at, Oh at, at God, the pyramids? no, not that. Oh, Not that that wasn't one. why. Okay, you were No, you were like no. something I mean, else. I would wonder where that actually was. That would be interesting to read. Um, but it was just something. Uh, what was it? He was talking about um, how the ancient Egyptians used to say "Amen," even though that's a Christian thing, and it comes from, I believe, it comes from Hebrew. So, like the, it's yeah, it's nothing to do with ancient Egypt. It's you know they don't say "Amen." We've got a god called a moon, Right. and not that. It's just completely wrong in the statement that he uses. And You I really? was like, I was like frustrated. I'm like, what the heck? And then he starts talking about the the brotherhood of the snake, which is Yes. like a conspiracy thing. It's like Yes. a conspiracy thing. It's got nothing to do with ancient Egypt. He probably got that from like Jack Parsons and Alistair Crowley or something. But I was like, this has nothing to do with, like, he has no idea. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> No, he hovered, hovered made up so much stuff because he, and especially when it comes to like ancient Egypt, who's going to go fact check that in 1953, you know, it's just, oh, okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Hubbard certainly had his tall tales, didn't he? Well, I'm very, like I said, I'm very happy that you woke up as quickly as you did and that you could kind of see through some of the nonsense and that it broke so quickly for you. Because like I said, I hope that that is a sign of the times and that even you know, even with the little bits and pieces that you'd heard about before, you know, and then you go all in on it and then, you know, just as quickly you go all out. I mean, it was, a, it was, it was, you really did dodge a number of bullets there. You know, you, you unfortunately you ended up giving them a lot, an awful lot of money, but okay. Lesson learned, right. You know, we, we, it's, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
but you but you did wake up quickly and I and for that it's that's that's really good so well done on your part for doing that thanks yeah it was, it was yeah. good to to get out now anyway like as in like I regardless of how much money it's you know at least I've didn't get in so far that I got into the sea org and then you know it right. would have been a lot worse so it would have been and yeah. and had they been just a slightly more efficient or slightly more dedicated in their post duties and actually i'm i'm sitting here evaluating them from the scientology standard and thinking these guys <laughs> slacked off hard they really screwed up on you so i'm i'm happy that that's the state of things because there were a number of inefficiencies and problems and things that they just didn't do what they normally would have been doing right and so your distance from LA certainly contributed to that. I mean, it's hard to recruit somebody from Australia, but that's yeah. exactly why they should have turned you over to, to Sydney and, and been done with it. Right. And then Sydney could have come over and smooth talk to you. And that would have been that. But well, I think, I think that would have been, yeah, I think that's still would have been quite hard for them because I was kind of excited to go overseas and go to a new country and, yeah. I didn't really have much of a relationship with the people in Sydney, so I think it would have been a lot harder for them to recruit me at that point into the Sea Org. Well, it would have been uh, if I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know what these guys lacked in imagination, but I'm pretty sure I could have gotten you. Um, but I would have gone in on a whole different line, right? I wouldn't have I wouldn't have come at it straight on with, you know, oh no, you're coming to Sydney and you're gonna be on post here for the rest of your life. That's what we're gonna do. I wouldn't have gone in like that at all. I would have been, no, no, we're totally getting you to bridge. And this is your first step to doing so. This is how we're gonna do it, see? And I would have lined it up that way. So you would have been able to see that you were going to arrive at your final destination. This was just a stepping stone to that. Right. Which is how it, you know, anyway. Like I said, it's it's neither here nor there. That maybe maybe that would have worked. Maybe it wouldn't have. But I just I'm just laughing at the goofiness. That's all I'm saying here. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, they they almost got me back in at one point as well after okay. I had blown because they were still in contact with like, as in one of them, uh, one of the people from Bridge, he was in contact with me, and I told him, you know, I hadn't been back to staff. Like I hadn't been back to the org in like a month. And then we had a back and forth and I was asking him about like, I was talking to him about the RPFs, RPF and like all the rest of it. And he was answering. He was like, oh, that's not LRH or that doesn't exist. And then he kept changing his answer in a way. But in the uh. RPFs, RPF, he actually said, um, that's not LRH. And, you know, that's like a way to break down and uh, what is it? Break a human. Oh, what was, what do you say? Um that sounds like someone, like how to break a human being down or something like that. As uh -huh. in like it's, yeah, it's it's not uh -huh. designed for like a good thing. And I was like, exactly. it's in your it's in your dictionary. Dude. That's where I yeah, got pretty the much from, exactly. So. That's why I was like, it's in there. And then um, another email back and forth. Um, I had mentioned the chase wave. I think that might have been the thing that got flagged because it didn't go through to him. It still went through, but it didn't go through to him. So yeah. I was like, did you receive, like it had been like a couple of days and he's pretty like good at replying back. And I was like, did you receive my email? He's like, no. And then he's like, can you send it again? So I sent it again, still didn't go through. Um, then I sent it, he's like, can you take a screenshot of it and send it to me? So I did <laughs> and it worked, it went through and he answered. Wow. What did so he have to I say think, about the chase wave? Um, I think he was like, that was like uh, back in like 
a while ago and that those people have been punished and taken off in and it was like a few individuals and all this kind of stuff like that I basically see okay yeah he's whitewashing he's pretty new to bridge so he's only he's only been there since 2015 um but yeah it was like back and forth and that was that was pretty interesting i know that they the dercom is always cc'd in on everything as in like when you send an email it's even though you don't see it cc'd in because i've got a bounce back before Right. I think there must have been something wrong with their server. And I noticed that it was like your message didn't get sent to like this person plus like the DERCOM. And I was like, huh. So they're getting everything. So they're seeing everything. So they're seeing everything I'm sending to him. And they must have a thing in their system to flag certain words. I'm surprised RPF didn't get flagged, but <laughs> holy, holy Yeah. God, they probably... Well, they, you know, Zenu probably would have. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, and typical. I mean, because that's how all communications are supposed to be routed in Scientology churches. Anyway, everything goes through HCO. Like I said, HCO has a lot of power. That's that's the division next to the executive division that has the most power in a Scientology church. Um, because that's where the ethics section is. That's where the mail sorting is. That's where the uh, reports are done. And that's where people are hired and fired is Yeah. all through there. So they control the structure and function of the org as a whole. That's their function. Yep. And so this kind of thing of policing communication is part of their job. I mean, it's not it's nefarious. It's authoritarian, but it's that's how the setup is. Yep. That's, that's So just how it is there. You know? then um, I decided I was going to go to Nepal um, Nepal. to visit. Yeah, so I've got uh, my ex ex husband's from Nepal, so I went and visited him and his family. I still got a good relationship with them. Um, that was a couple of months after I blew because I was like, you know what, I haven't seen them in like over 10, 12, whatever it is, years. I might as well go on a holiday over there, get my head out of Scientology so then they're not contacting me and then so I can just, you know, feel I felt so much better coming back, just being out of Scientology, if you know what I mean, and just sort of being Oh, yeah. out of the country and just, you know, in a completely Absolutely. different environment. Um, that definitely helped. And then when I came back, um, the person that dressed up as a drop bear, that person from Bridge, um, we ended up having a conversation. Um, that was the last conversation I had with her. Um, she kept asking me, like, what have you done? You know, she kept being really annoyed at me, like I was hiding something from her because I was like, you know, I'm not interested in Scientology anymore. And then I told her that I read the OT levels And then I didn't agree with it yet. <laughs> she, went, she was not happy. But like as it was leading up to that, it was like she was telling me, oh, anything you say um, won't be held against you or whatever. Um, and then stuff like that. And then she was like, oh, have you been sending like hate mail into the org or anthrax? And I was like, what the heck? It was the weirdest conversation. Then when I told her about the OT levels and stuff and that I had been looking at black PR on the internet, Um, because as soon as I got out, I was just looking at everything. Um, she was like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be watching that stuff. You know, you shouldn't be looking at the OT levels. There's a reason why, like, you know, if you're not ready, blah, blah, blah. She was just going off and she's like, you left staff, you blew from staff. You should have had a sec check. You know, this isn't the right way to go about things. Like she was just going off at me and I was like, okay. <laughs> She's See like, ya. yeah, I mean, if See this ya. is what So, your last words to me to be, okay. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then after that is when, literally, I think that was like a day or two before I went on Jeff's channel to do my story, because that was what I wasn't telling her. So she was correct. I wasn't telling her. There was something I wasn't telling her, but yeah. I didn't want to tell her that. No, of course. What they are not correct about is not that we have secrets. What they are not correct about is that secrets destroy relationships and that somehow uh, the phenomena of feeling like people are going to find you out is somehow the only reason why people leave Scientology because Hubbard says that he asserts it very strongly. The only reason anybody leaves is because of their transgressions, their moral mis their, their sins, you know, they're what they call overts. And this is an absolute policy in Scientology. It's not an optional sort of, maybe it's this, it's always this. And that's why she was going off on you so hard is because that's, yep. that's a very firm belief. Yeah. You know? And she wanted me to write out my overts and withholds. That's right. Um, and I never did. Um, you're, like, you're, a, you're a horrible, awful person. That's why. Come on. Oh. Don't you know that? And then I get like letters still from them. I got a really weird letter from one of the people, letter, letter registrar in um, Sydney that I just recently collected my mail. And it was like, um, he was going on about, he's like, oh, you've been, what it is, what I've heard is that you've been hanging up on people when they said they're from the Church of Scientology. And all this sort of stuff. And I'm thinking I've never, I haven't been hanging up on people that say they're from the Church of Scientology. I've been just ignoring all their calls. <laughs> I've been hanging up on them. So I was like, what the heck? I'm like, it was just a really weird thing, like the way that he was just like accusing me of doing that. He's like, can you like not do that? And like it was this big long like email, like sorry, big Jesus. long like letter. And I was like, what the heck? And then so I emailed him back. I went and got the email from the bottom and I was like, you know, I don't appreciate being like, you know, accused of things that I, I didn't do. I'm like, do you have the dates of when I actually hung up on these people? And then I would go back to him. Hey, I haven't yeah, I haven't heard anything back from him. No, no, you're but well, um on, on channels, they start that you know, they start cutting ties. Sorry. Well, once you start showing up on channels like mine and Jeff's, then they start yep. cutting ties with you. So I, I doubt you really hear been... much from them. With Jeff, though, I still keep hearing, like, as in being on Jeff's channel, probably being on your channel will be quite different then. I reckon they'll probably start. Oh, no, for sure. It'll speed it up. It'll speed it up. But you should have already been. See, this is, again, a sign of the inefficiencies and the lack of personnel on top of things in Scientology. I'm telling you, this is, like, for real. The things of your story are very clear indications to just how bad it actually is. Because my concepts and ideas of how Scientology runs come from my upbringing and my time in, right? And that was 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Um, it used to be very different in Scientology. And I don't just mean like at the public level, it was a kinder, gentler Scientology. I mean, structurally, the way the whole thing runs, the way it, the, the way it, 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 is, it is run um, was much harsher and much more efficient, uh, much more like, you know, you got, you're going to get this shit done. And now it's especially down in Australia, it's just Slack Central down there. And it's uh and and you benefited from that, you know, which is what again yeah. good. You and know, I so think between the orgs, between the orgs, like because I even got um after I'd blown, I had um the senior HCO in um the AO in Sydney contacting me as well. Um and like I was like, oh, is this because he wanted to talk to me on the phone? I was like at work and I was like, is this a relation to me blowing stuff? And he's like, 
<laughs> I was like, I don't know what actually happened with that. <laughs> I was like, you know, and then I was like, yeah, I pretty much told him I didn't really want to be in communication with him because I was in communication with Bridge and I was already frustrated anyway. And then he was like, okay, cool. Like, no worries. Right. Um, but I think between the orgs, they don't, then he actually contacted the person that I speak to in Bridge through the senior HCO at Bridge about that, um, which is kind of weird because normally they don't communicate that much between the orgs, like especially not on another country. So right. I think by the time everything gets filtered through all the different orgs, because like, you know, I'm online at Brisbane, I'm online at the AO, technically they keep contacting me. LA all keep like contacting me as well, Bridge. So like there's all these different. Yeah, it takes a while. It takes a yeah. while. I was getting mail for months after they declared me. It oh, takes I got a whole a bunch filter of, through. I got like the impact magazines and all yeah. the other stuff. Cause I'm still technically an IAS member for like. Yeah. Well, one thing you can do one thing you can do that will um, legally. Although I don't know about in, in Australia, actually, I don't know if this would be necessary or not, but something you could do is write a resignation letter and send it to them. I mean, that'll, that'll definitely put the, put the cap on it, you know? Yeah, no, just say, I don't want any more of this. And uh, and I want you to take me off all your mailing lists. I am no longer a Scientologist. I am no longer operating under the rules of Scientology. And I do not want to have anything more to do with you. That's pretty much all you got to say. But it matters, apparently, legally that you that you say that. Or it could matter and, you know, whatever. Um, regardless, you're out. That's all that really matters. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to start wrapping up here. But I want to thank you for generously giving of your time here to share your story with all of this. And like I said, it's a good story, uh, especially because, you know, this is progress as far as I'm concerned in how Scientology is doing in the world. It's doing badly and, yeah. and it mismanages its own people. And even when somebody is anxiously giving them, you know, thousands of dollars, they still fuck it up, which yeah. is absolutely awesome. Right. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what we want and we, and we've got it. And saying so, you're, you know, literally within months of, uh, you know, of, of getting out of this thing. So it's, if, if this is current state, then this lines up perfectly with everything else we've always been talking about. This thing is on its way out and it's destroying itself. Yeah. And, and I feel very strongly that's the case with Scientology. It's a, it's a tiny pipsqueak little cult that is dying off and, mm -hmm. um, and it's destruction is built into it. It's not yeah. like we even had to do a whole lot, but the more we expose, the more we do, the faster that destruction, that self-destruction happens. And that's, that's, what's encouraging to me in all of this. Did you have anything else that, you know, I, that we didn't cover Did I, did I, did we miss anything that you wanted to talk about today? Because if so, I want to give you that. Uh, not really. Um, just okay. that basically my local org was very small. Like they wouldn't have many public come in, if at all. Right. And then even like the public Scientologists wouldn't really come in. Um, you know, I think the most amount of people I saw on course was maybe like less than 15 at one time. Right. Right. And that was like really rare. Like a lot of the time I would be the only one in the course room or you'd have two course supervisors in there and they would just be one of which is like also an auditor um, as in like officially her post is like an auditor. Right. Um, and they would just be in the course room studying. So like 
there wouldn't be many public coming in. I think bodies in the shop were probably between 20 and 30. Yeah. Yeah. Every every week. Yeah. Um, they had over a million dollars in um advanced payments, basically. So money that people had paid for services and all the rest of it just sitting in the account and it's going up and up and up and up and up. Never That's really good. going down. Right. Um, because I used to help with the stats to put him into the machine and or the computer, should I say. Um, and then I'd have to print them out and stuff like that. Um yeah, I once had one of the CLO Org members getting up me because it was after 2 p.m. and she was calling and she wanted the gross income stat. And I didn't have that for her because I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm fairly new still. You know, I'm like the ED's running around like a chicken with its head cut off, which is what I was telling her. And she was like, that doesn't matter. Like, it's after 2, I need this stat. And the ED was very um, hesitant to give it to her anyway because it was really low that week. <laughs> so I think she didn't want to answer the phone. And then meanwhile, I'm getting like yelled at by the Sea Org member and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I never experienced anything like that. <laughs> Not no. at all. <laughs> nope. Nope. In Santa Barbara, we had that every week. Yeah. Totally get it. Totally get it. Well, how interesting. All right. Well, like I said, thank you very much for all of this. Those the numbers are, of course, you know, again, confirmatory that there's just nothing really going on there. And uh the idea that this is some big booming operation is is absolutely not true. Yeah. Um okay, well, now you have a YouTube channel that you've begun. Uh yeah. do you want people to know how to reach you or how should they find out more about you? What would what would they do? Um, so if you just go to YouTube and Theta Novus, um, yeah, that's where my YouTube channel is. I've put sort of an introduction in the, as a, as like a writing introduction in there. Um, I haven't really done an introduction video, but I do have an interview that I did with Jeff as well on there. Um, and I've right. done a few videos, I'm currently working on a couple of video games, um, as like a parody of Scientology. So stay tuned for more of that. I'm still working on a lot of stuff though before I can release anything or even sneak peeks. So sure, sure. Yeah. Great. Well, more power to you. Thank you very much. And uh Theta Novus is the name of the channel. And uh, I will put a link to it in the show notes here today. All right, folks. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Now I want to remind everybody out there that if you are someone who is in need of maybe some help, maybe somebody who is can understand what's going on, uh, if there is a situation of coercive control, cults, you know, undue influence, something like that going on in in yours or a loved one's life, and you would like some assistance, guidance, help, or direction on that, you can always contact me. Uh, at my email address, askchrisshelton at gmail.com or through my website, mncriticalthinking.com. Links to all of this below in the description section. Uh, and on that happy note, we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.